Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So can you stand to your feet with me? We're going to jump right into it in Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse 2. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. In this, for context, for the scripture, uh, Jesus, he is really garnering a following right now. Uh, Jesus is now not just Jesus, the son of the carpenter, or Jesus from Nazareth. He really is Jesus, uh, the one who is healing the sick. Jesus, who is making blind eyes open. Jesus, who's garnering such a following. He's really turning into a local, uh, like a superstar. And so he, everywhere he go, okay, Matt, okay, Riverside youth, he's like Justin Bieber right now, okay? Maybe, I'm, maybe that's still not too trendy enough. I don't know. But he is very famous right now, okay, and he's garnering a following, um, and this is where we pick up uh, in verse 2, chapter 11. It says, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Come on, everybody say expecting. He said, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we look for someone else? Jesus told him, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. Here's what I love about Jesus. If you spend enough time with him, you're going to hear some things and you're going to see some things. Uh, I've seen some things that Jesus has done in my life and now is undeniable. You can't explain me out of loving Jesus because I've seen God do some awesome things in my life. And I'm sure you've seen things that God has done in your life that you're like, look, I'm already past the point of you trying to convince me about this God named Jesus. I've seen him do too many things. I've I've heard him say too many things. And and he says, tell John what you have heard and seen. Verse 5, he says, the blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the the death hear, and the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And then he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. Really the the title, maybe more like the topic for tonight is this, is when life isn't going as expected. When life isn't going as expected. Let's pray over tonight together. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house, God. We thank you that uh, what you have in store for us, God. We just give this service over to your Holy Spirit. We're not trying, to God, to operate on our own, God, but we want to, Father, just totally give this service over to you, Father. So right now we thank you for miracle signs and wonders taking place in this house, God. We, we thank you for walls coming down, for, for strongholds, God, being destroyed, God, for barriers being broken, that, God, what happens, God, tonight, Father, let it be a, a, a something that starts on the inside of us that we grow from and learn from, God, and, and let us leave this place, not as the same person we walked in as, but let's leave this place, God, more filled up with your spirit, more filled up with your grace and with your truth, God. So, Father, we give you all the glory and we give you all the praise, and everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight. Y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. So, throughout the Bible, there's really a lot of, um, there's a lot of Bible characters that I really admire, that I really love. Um, I love Moses and his leadership. I, I love King David and, and his, his boldness. Um, King David was really one of the first Bible characters I really dived into. And, and I, I love uh, pr- the prophet Elijah and his obedience. But 
Uh, I really love the story about John the Baptist because um, when you look at his history and his upbringing, um, John the Baptist, he, he was born in the tribe of Levi, and uh, his, uh, his dad was a priest. And, and back in that time, um, only priests could come from the tribe of Levi. Um, and so Elijah uh, really had his whole life uh, um, set out in front of him if he wanted. He, he could have really coasted in his life because um, he came from the tribe of Levi, from a line of priests. His, his dad was a priest, and his dad before him was a priest, and his dad before his dad was a priest. And so he comes from this long line of, of Levitical priests. And so Eli, uh, uh, John the Baptist could have easily this, um, said, you know what, I'm going to just follow that same direction and fallen in line with that. And he could have just coasted in life and and he could have became a priest like his dad was and his, and his granddad was and his great-granddad was. But what happened with John the Baptist is that as he was studying Scripture one day, he came across the words of uh, the prophet Isaiah in, in uh, chapter uh, 40, verse 3, I believe we have the Scripture. Um, he came across the words of the prophet Isaiah, and it says this. It says, the, the voice of one crying in the wilderness preparing, everybody say prepare, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. In this scripture, um, the, uh, the prophet Isaiah is talking about a person to come uh, who would prepare the way uh, for the Messiah. And here's what I love about John the Baptist is that he's so crazy, he's so radical. He looked at this scripture and he said, and he looked at it and he didn't just read it, he identified with it. He read that scripture, and he identified himself with that scripture because, see, it's one thing to read the Bible. It's a whole different thing to identify yourself with the truth that's in the Bible. See, it's one thing to read about how Jesus, who, who the Son sets free, is free indeed. It's one thing to read it, but then it's a whole other thing to live it and say, if Jesus has set me free, then I am freed from addiction. I, then I really am free from sin. I, I really am free from insecurity. So it's, it's one thing to read it, but it's a whole different thing to identify yourself with it. And so John, he, he reads this scripture, and not only does he, he, does he read it, he identifies with it, and he says, you know what? I am that man who will prepare the way for the Lord from the desert. But there was, only, there was only one thing about that, is that John was a rich preacher's kid who lived in a very nice house, right? He was nowhere near the desert, yet he's identified himself with Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. And know what he did? He could have easily said, you know what, um, my life doesn't exactly line up with that scripture, so maybe that scripture isn't for me. I think sometimes we can read the Bible and say, that ain't me, right? We can read something and say, you know, oh, that could, that could never be me. There, there's no way I could line myself up with that. But what John did, because he read that scripture, and even though he was a, a, a rich preacher's kid and had a nice house, he, he was so radical about the Messiah that he left everything he owned, he left his house, and he went to go live in the wilderness and survived off locusts and honey so that way he could line himself up with that scripture. Because he said, I'm going to be the voice that comes out of the wilderness. He did all of this to prepare the way for the Messiah. He was convinced. John was convinced 
that Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah. He was convinced that the Messiah was there. He was so convinced that he wanted to go out and, and preach repentance because he was convinced that the Messiah was here. He was so sold out for Jesus. And what is so amazing to me is that John the Baptist was so sold out for Jesus even before Jesus died for him. Even before the cross, even before he went to sacrifice his life for the sins of humanity, even before all that, even before Jesus did anything for John, John said, I'm sold out for you, Jesus. I'm going all out for you. I'm going to leave everything behind for you. How much more should you and I? who have the recipients of Jesus' forgiveness, of his power, of his grace, how much more should you and I say, you know what, God, I'm going to be all sold out for you. I'm going to make sure that I leave everything behind for you, all the old, and pick up the new, because that's how much you mean to me. It's, not, it's be sold out for Jesus, and that is what John was, and that is what he had. Because, see, during that time, there was a lot of eagerness in the Jewish people there was a lot of expectations and, and eagerness about the Messiah. Because when the Messiah would come, it, it, it had expectations upon it. They expected that when the Messiah would come, that he would bring political valor and, and victory. And, and they expected that the, when the Messiah would come, that he would come against the Roman people and, and break them free from their bondages. He, well, they thought that when the Messiah would come, that he would go out and put everybody in their place. And that the Jews would be finally made up on that pedestal how they saw themselves and how everybody else would be put in their place. But see, they had the Jesus mistaken. Because Jesus did not come to this earth to de declare war on the Romans. He came to this world to declare war on sin. He came to this world not for us to, not to create a political party. He came to this world to, to set us free from our sins. To, to set us free from death. He came into this world not so he could create a religion, but a relationship with you and I. He came to this world not to make bad people good, but he came to this world to make dead people alive. And so that what you and I could experience eternity with him. He, Jesus did not come to this world to be caught up in all the things that we are caught up in. He did not come into this world to get caught up in our politics, to get caught up in our drama, to get caught up in all the things that we are caught up with. No, he came into this world to set us free from the real bondage that we were in. And it wasn't political world. It wasn't anything that people had. It was the sin that had held us down. And that's who Jesus came to set us free from. Because Jesus wasn't fighting against flesh and blood. He was fighting against the root of all evil, and that was sin. And Jesus came to set us free. Come on, who's thankful for Jesus and what he did for us, for you and I? Setting us free from what we couldn't free ourselves from. So the Jewish people, including John the Baptist, they didn't plan for the Messiah to operate the way Jesus operated. They had their own expectations for Jesus. They had their own expectations for the Messiah. See, they wanted conquest and they wanted justice over the, the wicked Roman Empire. But when Jesus came, he, he operated the way that they didn't expect him to operate. And, and when John the Baptist baptized Jesus and, 
and saw that he truly was the Messiah, Scripture says that he became so emboldened. He said he became so self-righteous in that moment. Scripture says that he began going out and calling out all the political uh, hypocrisy. He began to call out everybody's business. He began to say, you're wrong, and you're wrong, and you're wrong. And the Messiah's about to make you all get, all get in the right place. And he began to get so emboldened by it. And, and he really thought that him doing that was God's will. But you want to know what is so aggravating about God's will? Is that the same thing that makes it so frustrating is the same thing that makes God's will so fruitful. And that's this, is that God's will will never go according to your plan. God's will will never meet your expectations. God's will will never be confined into your journal, right, into your Google calendar. But the same thing that makes God's will so frustrating is what makes it so fruitful. Because the only way you can find God's peace is in God's plan, not man's. The only way we can find God's provision is in his plans, not ours. The the only way we can find his peace is in his plans, not trying to look at what we can find in politics or people or social media. Amen? See, we're not looking for, for anybody else's plan, but we have to find God's plan because only in God's plan will we be able to find what God has for us. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I don't need your plan. And turn to your other neighbor and say, other neighbor, I don't need your plan either. Right? We need God's plan for our life. I think we get so caught up in trying to, to fit God into our expectations that we miss out on God's plan for our life. So John the Baptist, who prepared the way for the Messiah, finds himself in prison for calling out the wickedness and evil of the local politics. And he is confused because this isn't how he expected things to happen. And things weren't going according to plan. So we go back to verse 2 in, in Matthew chapter 11. And this is what it says. It says, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Everybody say expecting. He said, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we look for someone else? So how can this man who saw the Messiah be baptized, who be baptized him himself, and when he baptized him, he saw the Holy Spirit descend upon him like a dove, and a voice out of heaven say, this is my son, who I am well pleased. How can this man, who also sold out his life just to make a way for him, how can that same man now be in a place where he is questioning the validity and the identity of Jesus? How can that happen? John the Baptist, you've been a Christian for too long, right? John the Baptist, you've seen Jesus too much, right, to now be questioning who he is and what he is doing. But how did he get to that place in his life? Because of unmet expectations. See, his question really wasn't, Jesus, are you the Messiah? His question was, Jesus, are you going to do what I expect you to do? He's saying, Jesus, if you really are the Messiah, then why aren't things going according to my expectations? I'm in a prison right now, Jesus. So what do you mean that you are the Messiah? If we're being honest with ourselves, there are times we felt like God's plan didn't meet our expectations. We can look around our life and say, God, this isn't what I expected, 
right? I, I expected by now I would at least be married by now. I mean, come on. Or I expected by now I would be a millionaire by now. I mean, come on, God. I, that's, that's what I expect. Or, God, I expected by now I would be out of Victoria by now. I thought at least by this time, right? And we get confused because things aren't going as expected, and we think that it's God's fault, and we get disappointed just because God's plan hasn't gone how we expected it to go, we get disappointed with God. And when we get disappointed, we get desperate. Because we begin to respond to things the way John the Baptist responded because he said, I've been following after Jesus. I, I made a way for the Messiah. Now I find myself in prison. Now, now I see, now I'm starting to question why, like, if I, if, if, if I'm in prison, then is Jesus really the Messiah? Because this isn't how I expected it to go. And, and John was really saying this. He says, since I'm in prison, you must not be the Messiah. Because if you were the Messiah, I wouldn't be in prison. And so he was asking Jesus, I'm disappointed. So where else can I go for answers? Because you must not be the Messiah. Should I look somewhere else? Because of unmet expectations, he was desperate to look for somewhere else. Point one for tonight is this. Unmet expectations creates unhealthy desperation. Unmet expectations create unhealthy desperation. And not, not a desperation for more of God, but a desperation for something else. That when we follow after God and we're trying to do his plan, and if it doesn't go according to our expectations, we can have a thought in the back of our mind or maybe even the front of our mind that says, God, I tried your plan and I gave it a chance. So I'm going to go back to what I knew and to the old things, right? Like, God, I try to live this lifestyle of purity. I try to live this lifestyle, God, of, of patience. But, God, it's not going how I expected. So I'm going to go back to that toxic relationship. Because things aren't going according to my expectations. Or, or, or God, I, I, I really try to do things the right way. And I really try to not to live, to live a life that is free of addiction. But, God, you know what? I, I, it's not going how I expected. It's not feeling how I thought it would feel. It's not going. I find myself in a prison maybe like John. So maybe I need to go back to that lifestyle. But the problem isn't God's plan. The problem is our expectations of God's plan. Now, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying not to have expectations. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying do not limit God to your expectations. Don't confine God to your own expectations. Don't believe or don't convince yourself of saying that if things don't go like this, then things aren't going great. Because God... God's plan, his will, will never line up with how we expect it to be. And if we constantly think that if God will let's line up with our expectations and everything will go great, then we're going to be disappointed and we're going to be discouraged when things don't go the way we expect them to be. Because that's what happened with John the Baptist. He was disappointed in Jesus because he wasn't doing what he expected him to do. 
He was disappointed because he expected Jesus, right, to, to lead that political adventure. He expected Jesus to, to go out and gather an army and take down uh, Rome and to take down Caesar. That's what he expected Jesus to do. He, he expected Jesus to rebuild the city of Jerusalem to its former glory. He expected Jesus to go out and to, and to do all these things. But here's what he missed is that Jesus was operating far beyond his expectations. Jesus was doing things far beyond what he could ever dream, far beyond what he could ever see, far beyond his human expectations. Because here's saying Jesus was not leading a political revolution, but a spiritual one. Jesus wasn't concerned about trying to rebuild a brick and mortar city. He was concerned about the city whose maker and builder is God. Jesus was concerned about things far deeper than the expectations that humanity tried to put upon him. But imagine this. Imagine if Jesus was concerned with living up to your expectation. Then he would be a God. <laughs> he wouldn't be a God who would be able to do what our God can do. But I thank God that Jesus doesn't confine himself to our expectations. I thank God that he exceeds our expectations. It goes far beyond than what we could see. Because that's the type of God that you and I need. We serve a God that exceeds our expectations. Because he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's, he's omnipresent, right? He's, he's everywhere at once. Space and time can't contain our God. And if we serve a God who's truly like that, then we serve a God that has to go beyond our own humanity. That has to go beyond our own expectations. That has to go beyond our own limited thinking. See, Jesus operates far beyond our expectations. But if we limit our faith to only the things we expect Jesus to do, we're going to miss the whole thing that Jesus was called to do. In verse 4, it says this. When Jesus hears this, when he hears John questioning whether or not he is the Messiah, he said, instead of answering him yes or no, I, Jesus told him, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. Verse 5. He said, the blind see, the lame walk. Those with leprosy are cured. The deaf hear and the dead are raised to life. And the good news, come on, somebody say the good news. The good news is being preached to the poor. You know what Jesus was saying? Jesus was saying, look, what do you mean if I'm the Messiah? Look around, dummies. Don't you see what's going on? The blind eyes are opening. Dead are coming alive. The good news is being preached. The hurt is being healed. The lost are being found. What do you mean if I'm the Messiah? Look around. How can you not see the kingdom of heaven taking place right in front of you? But see, they were so focused on their unmet expectations that they were blind to the blessings that were around them. I think there will be so many times where we are trying to look for what we expect that we miss out on what God is doing, that we miss out on what God is performing, that we miss out on the power that God has right in front of us. But because it's not going how we expect them to go, we're missing out on what Jesus is doing. Point number two for tonight is this. Our expectations can make us blind to our blessings. Our expectations can make us blind to our blessings. We can become so disappointed about things 
how they are not going to our expectations, that we're missing out how God is exceeding our expectations. You could be so disappointed that you didn't get that promotion, that you're missing out the fact that because you didn't get that promotion, that now you're spending more time with your family at home, and because of that, there's more peace and joy in the family, and God knows that your family needed you there at, at the home, and he knew what you really needed. Or you could be so disappointed that you're not in that relationship that you want, that you're still single, that you're missing out on the fact that because of that season where you were by yourself, you were able to build that relationship up with God, and now you're more of your identity in Christ than ever before. See, if we try to just keep ourselves within our own expectations, we're going to miss out on what God is trying to do in our life. See, if our view of God's plan is through the lens of our expectations, we're always going to be disappointed. We're always going to be discouraged. We're always going to be saying, God, this isn't what I pictured. We're going to be like John was in prison saying, saying, Jesus, I thought you were the Messiah. Then why do I find myself in this situation? Why do I find myself in this prison? Or why do I find myself in this debt? Or why do I find myself in this whatever problem you find yourself in? And we can begin to blame that on God's plan. And say, because things aren't going how I expected them to go, God, God, I'm, I'm going to go try and do this on my own. Or like how John the Baptist even said, hey, Jesus, are you even the Messiah? Are you even who you say you are? Are you even capable of what you say you're capable of? Why? Because I, you're not living up or you're not doing what I expect you to do. So how do we deal with unmet expectations? I believe how we deal with them is that we have to surrender them to God. I believe how we deal with those things that we try to confine God's will in, how we deal with those things of how we try to say, Jesus, I, I want you to operate in this box I create for you. How we deal with that, say, God, I give you my expectations. Amen. Say, Jesus, I'm following you no matter what. Even if things don't go according to plan, guess what? I'm still going to follow after you. Even if things aren't going to my expectations, God, I'm still going to follow after you. Jesus, even if things aren't going how I pictured it to go, guess what? I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm not going to go and search for something else. No, God, I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to follow after what you have for me. Because, God, even if I give my expectations to you, I want to follow after you. Now, I'm not saying to have low expectations. I'm not saying that you should look at God and say, well, Jesus must not be capable of a lot. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we shouldn't have limited expectations. We shouldn't say, God, if, if you don't fit inside of this box I make for you, if so, God, if you don't do the things how I, how I think you should do it, then you must not do the right thing. You must be not doing the, the, the great thing. Or, but if we respond and say, God, I want to do whatever you want me to do, period. I don't care what that looks like. I don't care what it looks like at the end, in the middle, or the beginning. God, I want to line myself up with your will. God, I want to give my expectations over to you. God, I, I want to give you all things. Come on, somebody say all things. Say, I want to give all things to you, God. I want every area of my soul and my heart and my spirit to be dedicated to your will. I don't want to just create a small place of my life and say, God, operate over here and, and operate over there, but not, not in these places. No, God, I want you in all places of my life. I want you to be able to, I got to be in a place where, God, you have the freedom. Imagine giving God full freedom of your life. Imagine giving God full control over your life. Imagine saying, God, you know what, even if things don't go according to plan, I'm still going to have peace because I'm going to be with you. 
God, even if things don't go exactly how I want it to go, God, I'm still going to know that you are all-powerful. I'm still going to believe that you have all, all the knowledge and all the wisdom. Even if things don't go how I expect it to go, God, I still line up myself with you. Amen. Can we believe that? Give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. Y'all can stand up. I'm, I'm closing. I'm closing. And this is how Jesus, in verse 6, this is how he, what he tells them, the disciples of John. In verse 6, chapter 11, he added, he said, God blesses. Everybody say blesses. God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. And what Jesus was saying, he was looking at those disciples and saying, look, I know things aren't going how you expected them to go. I know things aren't exactly going how you dreamt them to go or how you planned them to go. I, I know things aren't are going exactly how you thought everything should go. But guess what? God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. What he was saying, he said, God blesses those who even when things are going according to plan, still follow after me. God blesses those who even when things are going how they expected them to go, still follow after me. God blesses those who don't need to have God meeting their checklist for them to be following after me. God blesses those people. God blesses those who just say, God, I, I surrender my expectations to you. I, I surrender my plan to you. I surrender everything to you, Jesus. Things have to, don't have to go perfectly. Things don't have to line up exactly how I thought it should. Things don't have to line up with my five-year plan. Things don't have to be lined up with what I journal in every day. No, God, I want to follow after you. And when we surrender our expectations to God, it strengthens our faith. As a closing thought for tonight. Is that we strengthen our faith when we give our expectations to God. We strengthen our faith. We strengthen our identity. We, we strengthen our confidence. Let us get to a place that even when the life throws us a curveball, we still don't question who we are in Christ. Let's get to a place that even when things don't go perfectly, we, we don't freak out, we don't yell at people, we don't blame. Instead, we say, you know what, it's time for me to go into my prayer closet or it's time for me to line myself up with God. We, we, instead of us pushing God further away in those instances, we pull God closer to us. Let us get to a place where we say, God, I give you all things, all expectations. I give you all my plans. I, God, I give you everything. I, let us get to that place. Because if we get to a place where the enemy knows that even if life goes outside your Google calendar, you're still going to have faith. Because if the enemy knows that even if life gets outside of this schedule, we try to fit God in. That even if life gets unexpected, we still are willing to follow after Jesus. That we won't be thrown off. We won't be questioning who we are. That we won't look to the answers for the world or look for answers uh, for politics. But instead we're saying, God, I want to follow after you. And with every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want us to pray tonight. And we're going to worship together. But what I want us to pray is this. and say, God, is there any expectations? Is there... Is there anything that we're holding on to, like John the Baptist was, who was holding on to a mindset or a stronghold or an expectation and saying, 
God, I've been holding on to this for so long that it's been holding me down, that I've been disappointed and discouraged, that it has become a place of insecurity in my life. God, what are some things that I need to surrender to you? What are some plans I need to surrender to you? What are some dreams that we need to surrender to God? What are some ideas that we need to surrender to him and say, God, I give you everything in my life. I give you everything in God, all my schedules, all my plans, all my expectations, God, I surrender them to you. I want to, God, every step that you lead me, I want to follow it without hindrance. Let's pray for that tonight. God, we thank you right now, God, for right now, God, surrendering our expectations to you. God, right now, every stronghold, let it be broken in the name of Jesus, God. Let there be no more barriers, no more distractions, God. Let there be no more walls of mindsets or insecurities, God. But Father, let us have a free mind, God, the mind of Christ that says, God, we line ourselves up with you, Father, that we're not going to confine you up into our own plans or try to fit Jesus into a box of our expectations. But, God, we surrender all things to you. We surrender all things to you, Jesus. We leave nothing back, Father, but we want to make sure that, God, in every area of our life that we have surrendered to you, Father. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that, come on, give Jesus a shout of praise tonight. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.